2024 is upon us, which means two things. One, if you have a business, you're about to have to file your 2023 tax returns. And two, if you have a business, you need to know what deductions you can take in 2024. I'm Nick, and this is Facts, Figures, and Fallacies from the Frontline. And I really want to dive into a few different deductions today. Um, it's going to be the meals deductions, entertainment, bonus depreciation, and we're going to talk about auto deductions. I'm joined today by Jessica and Mitzi. And so I want to first dive into meals. Now, during COVID, um, we actually got a nice bump on the meals deductions. So during the years 2021 and 2022, most of your business meals were uh, in the 100% deduction category. You know, typically business meals have been a 50% deduction and that's what it has reverted to in 2023 and moving forward. I want to talk about this 50% meals deductions, but I also want to talk about a few ways that you can still deduct 100% of your meals. So now that things have changed, it's super important to keep track of what type of meals your business is having. So I want to recommend that if you use an accounting software, let's create two different categories, two different accounts, one for the 50% meals and then one for your 100% meals. This is a great way so um, you can kind of obviously keep track of the two different types of meals deductions. And then when your taxes are being worked on, you're making sure that you're not missing out on 50% of your deduction. That's a huge deduction potentially. Um, so it's super important to keep track of correctly. I think so too, because a lot of people don't realize that some meals are 100% deductible. And if you pay attention, you can structure your meal so that they're 100% deductible, or so that more of them are 100% deductible. Um, so I'm going to start with the types of meals that are 50% deductible. Um, this is going to be probably the more common, you know, examples. First off, uh, meals provided for the convenience of the employer. So what this means is it's mainly just if you're an employer and you're providing meals for your employee, but it's at um, your convenience. Maybe they're working overtime hours for you and you're providing them a meal. Things like that. Those are going to be 50% of a deduction. Uh, another example would be if you have water, coffee, snacks at the office for your employees only, then that's going to be a 50% deduction. Okay, so Nick, uh, for all our business owners listening, what meals are 100% deductible still after 2022? Yeah, that's a great question. So one example would be meals, snacks, coffee offered to the public for free. So an example of that might be if you have an office and clients are coming in for client consultations, for example, and maybe you have a coffee stand and you're offering that coffee to your clients for free, or you have uh, some snacks, some, some waters in the fridge, some different snacks in the office that you're offering to them for free. Well, then you can write off 100% of that. So that's a great deduction that a lot of people may not be aware of. And if you're only taking 50% of that, then you're missing out on 50% percent of that deduction. Another example would be food for events that are supporting a charitable cause. So if you're going out to work a charitable event or hosting some type of uh, charity event, for example, maybe a run, um, something like that. Well, then if you're providing meals or again, snacks to the public, this is an example of how you could deduct 100% of that meals deduction. Another example would be office team building events 
or holiday parties. So maybe once a year your office uh, has a holiday party where all the employees are invited. Well, then those meals, um, you know, you're providing a meal, maybe a Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. All of a sudden, that becomes a 100% meal deduction rather than the 50%. So that's a big one. And so the important thing there is separate those out. Because if we're preparing your tax return and you're including your holiday parties in with your regular meals, we don't know that. So if you can isolate those into two 100% meal deduction expenses and 50% meal deduction expenses, that makes it a lot easier for us and we won't miss that. Yes. And the last one I wanted to mention would be meals um, that are included as taxable compensation to an employee or even a subcontractor. That may be a little less common, but if you're providing a meal to an employee and you're including that on his W-2 as wages, then you can obviously write off 100% of that because it's similar to paying wages, but instead you're just compensating via a meal. So that would be another example of a 100% deduction for meals. Now I would like to transition into entertainment expenses. Generally, entertainment expenses are no longer deductible. That dates back to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act back in 2017 that was passed. In the past, before 2017, you might be able to write off taking people out to a sporting event or a golf, you know, going to play around a golf. Generally, those are no longer allowed as deductions in 2023 and 2024. However, I wanted to talk about a few times that you might actually be able to deduct your entertainment. So generally, entertainment is not deductible. A lot of times your entertainment would be deductible, but that's no longer the case. However, there are some circumstances where you might be able to deduct your entertainment. And I'm going to go through what that might, what that would look like. First off is going to be employee holiday party expenses. And an example of this would be my company hosts a holiday party and maybe we hire a live band. That's entertainment, but you can deduct that because it's a part of this holiday party. Another example would be expenses for employee rewards or incentive trips. And this is, again, it's similar to the meals um, that I mentioned that would be included as compensation. This would be very similar to that where this award to your employee would be included as compensation on their W-2. In that case, you can then deduct it. This might be um, a nice way as well to give your employee a gift and not be limited to that limited to that $25 deduction max. Instead, you're including it on their W-2, and so you can take the full deduction. So we really need to consider the substance of the event, right? So if we are, if the purpose of this event is I want to do an office social, we're going to do some team building, and we've um, provided a meal, we've provided some entertainment, I can take 100% of that. But if, say, the three of us want to go to a Ranger game, we're going to rent a suite at the ball game and have a meal, I don't get any deduction for that. Yes, that's exactly right. So it's super important to always be thinking about what is the purpose of this event? What is the substance of maybe this entertainment expense that my business has? So whether you're keeping your books in-house or you're outsourcing to a bookkeeper, you may still want to keep the two entertainment accounts one for a hundred percent one for zero percent your holiday party stuff goes into a hundred percent and then maybe if you bought tickets to a ranger game that was um, you and management you put that in the zero percent category but you do still need to keep track of it 
So just make sure you keep those separate. Make sure you're communicating with whoever is coding those books um, so that you can maximize your deductions at the end of the year. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to mention is you may be able to deduct meals at a non-deductible entertainment setting. So for example, maybe if you rent out a country club and you're having some sort of office event there, that entertainment generally is not going to be deductible. But if you cater the event and you're having a meal, well, if you're able to get separate receipts for both the meal and the entertainment, then the meal um, can potentially be part of that 50% meals deduction. So it's important to keep track of that as well. The next thing I'd like to move on to is bonus depreciation. Now, a quick overview of bonus depreciation is this was another great accelerated depreciation method that was passed during the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It allowed you to purchase used equipment and fully depreciated in the first year that that equipment was placed into service. Um, it also allowed you to go negative. So for example, if your business um, was at a $50,000 net income, and then on December 31st, you decided you needed to purchase a $70,000 truck, you can write off that entire truck in that year that it's placed into service and go to a negative $20,000 net loss. However, this bonus depreciation has been phasing out. So in 2023, it dropped to 80%, and in 2024, it's now going to be 60%, which means if I had $50,000 net income, and on December 31st, I purchased a $70,000 truck and placed it into service, so I only get to take 60% of the 70,000 to deduct in 2024. And so that is a big deal. Um, you know, we're still able to take what's called section 179 depreciation, which will allow us to fully depreciate a fixed asset in the first year. However, this doesn't apply to used equipment and it doesn't let you go negative. So prior to 2023, when we were able to take the 100%, people were really getting these big losses that they were able to use to offset some of their other income. Moving forward, as that's being phased out, this deduction is not quite what it once was. So if we want to take bonus and section 179, is that an option? What we want to do is um, for each individual and each business owner, it's a very um, unique set of circumstances. So you really want to have your tax uh, professional, your CPA, who's helping you with your tax return, uh, really review that and look at it both ways for you. Sometimes it might make more sense to take that 60% bonus depreciation um, so that maybe you can go negative still. Other times it might be better to take the 179. So it's really unique to your set of circumstances and we recommend advising with your uh, CPA or tax professional on that. And the last thing I'd like to hit on is the standard mileage rate. You know, um, this has gone up it's pretty significantly over the last couple of years. And so if you're in the year 24, you're preparing your 2023 tax return and you are a business owner, maybe you have a side gig, the standard mileage deduction is one of the biggest deductions that you can take. And it's for 2023, it's going to be 65 and a half cents per mile uh, for business that you drove. You can deduct that against your business income. So maybe, maybe I'm a photographer and that's my side gig and I'm getting sent a few 1099s for some wedding photography that I did. Well, it's important that I kept track of my miles anytime I was driving to and from my events, 
if I was driving to and from uh, the camera repair store, you know, I want to keep a mileage log. And at the end of the year, I can multiply that those total business miles by 65 and a half cents per mile. So that can be potentially a really big deduction uh, moving forward. And we do expect that as we turn into 2024, that will increase again, somewhere around the 67 to 68 cents per mile range. Is it better to do the actual miles or the standard? Is there a cutoff between the value of the car and when you might want to take actual versus standard? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can take either the standard mileage, like I mentioned, or we can actually take what's called the actual method, where we would still calculate your business and total miles. Then we would get a ratio and multiply that business percentage by your actual auto expenses. And so there's really a calculation that you want to do to see which works out better. Generally, if you have a more expensive vehicle and your fuel cost is more expensive and maybe you don't drive as many miles, then that actual method a lot of times will be more beneficial. It'll be a higher deduction. However, if you have a cheaper car and you drive a lot of miles, then that standard mileage deduction will generally be the bigger deduction. Other nice thing about that standard mileage deduction, especially if, you're, um, if you've got a side gig, you're only using your car a small percentage for business, it's, it's a lot easier with record keeping when it comes to just keeping that mileage log um, for that standard mileage deduction. So this wraps up today's episode about the changes in these deductions as we move into 2024. Again, it's super important to keep up with these small nuances because it can save your business a lot in tax. These deductions are very significant. If you found today's video helpful, please give us a thumbs up and follow our channel. We do post new videos weekly. Um, and you can also find our social media in the description below. Thanks so much for tuning in to Facts, Figures, and Fallacies from the Frontline. Thank you.